Hey Scrappers, what's up? Good morning, evening, or afternoon, time zone, wherever you are. I hope you're having a good chunk of time. This is Izzy, and I just wanted to pop in real quick before the episode and say thank you so much for your support and listening and reviews and comments and Discord things, even though some of you have weird opinions about M&Ms and yogurt. That's fine. We love you all. Uh, So as part of our celebration for the end of book one, we held a little sticker giveaway. Congratulations to our two winners, Blandra, or sorry, that's so loud, Blandra, or Bellandora, and Fuzzy Doug. Thank you all so much for entering. Again, reviews really are the lifeblood, the deathblood, all the bloods of uh, these tiny independent podcasts. We super appreciate it. For everyone who didn't win but still wants a sticker, like my own self, for, you know, water bottles, laptops, cell phone cases, uh, the robotic arm of a close friend, um, we will be making those available for sale as soon as we figure out how to make things available for sale on the internet. Uh, but you know what? Um, Etsy did it, and so did Amazon. So we can do it too. Thanks again for listening, and please enjoy this episode of Pod against the machine. Okay, bye. Pod against the machine. Welcome back to Pod Against the Machine, the only actual play podcast with a lawful good paladin who's willing to kill babies just for being from space. And welcome to book two, everybody. Ooh, book two. Hey. I mean, yay, but I feel personally attacked. Oh, right. Yeah. Well. Sorry for your loss. Maybe you shouldn't kill space babies. You, you speak as though this is just... Just a line, a line in the sand from space, gone. This this particular quote, space baby, definitely <laughs> wanted to eat people and did something weird to Kira, the only one who failed to save. Uh, who knows what it was? Probably didn't like germinate or something, and she's gonna grow plant friend out of her ears. Uh, but in any case. Hey, back <laughs> off. <laughs> well said. Well, I just thought, you know, since we're into book two now, I'd start off on a combative foot because, you know, the kid gloves are off. Things are going to get violent in book two. Probably we're going to have three to four TPKs. Not totally peaceful Kasathas this time. Oh, no. <laughs> I haven't known of a dinner with someone's parents that hasn't ended in a TPK, Sam. Those are all my dinners. (laughs) Anytime I bring anyone back to meet the folks, it's just... They made like a couple (laughs) movies about that, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Plus, Kira's parents are obviously faceless stalkers. True. True. And will try to devour us all, so there's that. I think one of them's a yeah. veggie pygmy, actually, if I oh, remember correctly. Oh, that's true. Correctly. That is, yes. Well, we already, yeah, that's canon. That's on the map. 
Yeah, weird that that was left out of the cutscene of the Vecha Pygmy sitting with Dolga waiting at the entrance of the Weeping Pond. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was in a disguise um, in the cutscene. It actually is just a Vecha Pygmy, and everyone's just way too polite to point out that it's clearly not Kira's mom. <laughs> Yeah, if there's one thing we've learned about the citizens of Torch, they're all too polite. <laughs> they're very polite. <laughs> like, Don't stare. <laughs> Sometimes your moms are veggie pygmies. Like, it's not a thing that anyone can control. It's true. And it's not Kira's fault. It's not Kira's mom's fault, even. Just it's something that happens, you know? You know? Russet mold gonna russet mold. <laughs> uh, so when... <laughs> When last we left our heroes, uh, they had encountered a uh, gearsman for the very first time under the hill, and uh, they mutilated it, doing close to 90 damage in one round, and then it did something weird that I don't think we should dwell on. And then um, they went through, uh, they collected some more loot, including another white key card because, you know, it's raining key cards. And then they went up and they executed some um, leprosy pinatas and they booted a baby back into space and they officially cleared out uh, the caves and spaceship under the Black Hill. So that was the end of book one. How's everybody feeling about that denouement? I would like to petition to make the spaceship into kind of like a like a clubhouse situation. Um, whenever the team is back in Torch, they can have um, like fog machines and those lights that shine through the fog machines. And also, uh, did I mention the fog machines? That's really my primary staple in any clubhouse. I just need the fog machine. And then snacks. And to make the clubhouse appear, you have to say the magic words. It can be like our Hall of Justice, and we have our uh, superhero symbol at the front, which is a rat head getting punched in the fist. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we started as the face punched and became the face punchers. And tell me a group with a better story than that. I'm waiting. It's growth. Can't do it. I just immediately envisioned... Brixby's face, but with all four of Hetuat's arms coming in from like an axe just punching in the face. Like, a, like a, what is it, a crest of arms? Yes. Oh, man. Uh, the fan art for that, please. A shield with a rat face in the middle of it getting punched yeah, by the face. heraldry for Brixby's face. Field of black. A mouse See? of red. Yeah, I keep seeing uh, Brixby wearing the Heisenberg hat and sunglasses. Um, and just saying, like, I am the one who face punches. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I gotta get one of those in. I'm sure I will somewhere in Scrapmasters Arena when I am getting literally murdered in this upcoming book. <laughs> I don't know. You've got so, so much HP. <laughs> That's true. We have a whole bunch of HP. I have a whole level four, level for Blood Rager and like 18 rage rounds a day. I didn't get so much punching in, y'all. You're going to punch Brixby in the face so many times. <laughs> so many times. Poor Brixby. Yeah, well, he's just got one of those faces. Ever since it was stabbed by that spike, it's been like, I don't know about this. I know you were horrifically injured, but I am going to punch your face. <laughs> just looks a little bit off. You got to punch him. So I think um, we can pick things up 
with all of you having emerged from under the hill once more. Um, it's by now it's the afternoon and um, you do have an appointment this evening at the Smith family house to uh, have dinner with Kira's parents. Um, but I think you've got a little bit of time before uh, that happens if anybody wants to do anything about, you know, having just murdered leprosy pinatas and robots and climbed through the stinky water a couple times. Or if you have anything else you want to take care of. I just don't trust that Connor Bane, guys. How about you? I think we have a pre-dinner interrogation. I don't know. You know, Sandville tried to stir stuff up about Kira that seems to be, have been baseless. Do we, the characters, know? If, I guess we don't know about that. Only Brakesby really does. But uh, Sandville, as a trustworthy source, is, uh, you know, tenuous at best. But, but at the same time, Asher is suspicious. Uh, when we said Gartone's name at the council meeting... In the last session. Did we get a reaction from anyone but um, Connor? Um, I don't think anything particularly pronounced, no. Yeah, so it's not like a name that's known in town. It was specifically a name that Connor recognized. Which Dolga had definitely pointed out with the urgency of finding him as he was the one who's always kind of handled the interactions with the League. So I don't know I don't. I don't. I'm trying to not to read too too much into into that aspect yet because I just don't know what Connor's deal is, man. Yep. I'm still wondering if like he. I think it's something with the daughter. Like I think it's weird that they would go to so much trouble to point out that she's a Kellid. Like to the point that like her book art has her with Kellid face paint, even though that would make no sense because he's raised her from a kid. <laughs> Like, I'm wondering if, like, she was, like, a slave and he bought her from the League or something, or, like, that there's something in his, like, that he acquired this kid in, like, some underhanded way. Like, he did not pick her up from an adoption agency. What if she's in Witsec? We're gonna blow her cover and put her in danger. (laughs) I think it's a risk we gotta take. I I appreciate uh, your dedication to the cause, Jeff. Asher and Jeff, both of you together being just lawful good dudes, but uh, I personally am deeply skeptical. I'm going to push that guy into a wall. Gently. A gentle wall pushing. It's fine, Zach. And then you'll leave a note. (laughs) Let's go push him into a wall. Let's go do it right now. That's actually what we're on our way to do right now, Sam. As heroes, we only have a limited opportunity where everything that we do is okay. So, that's what I'm gonna say. Is there like a way that we can get ourselves a meeting with Connor or something, or like away from everybody else, so that if he does have some kind of horrible secret, the town doesn't like lynch him? Well, you do know where he lives, um, and he he just lives with Val. Um. Yeah, I at the very least. Um, so I think if we're discussing this in character. <clears throat> I assuming that like the four of us are kind of together there isn't fanfare there aren't teens you know they're all at the library that was opened recently <laughs> now that people aren't focusing on the torch um, in the old silver disc hall 
that's that's where it happened. That is where the library is, Jeff. Canon. Um, but yeah, I think Bricks would turn to the rest of the group and say, I, I have some more questions for Connor, and I'm sure the rest of us do too. That town meeting wasn't the right place to ask them, but I want to know how he got better. What Sandville said to him, what Sandville wanted, and maybe if we can get it out of him, what Sandville was warning us about, if there is anything at all. Yes, I don't want to believe what Sandville said is the truth, because, well, look at the rest of what he said. He's not exactly an honest person, but we found those drugs on him. We use them on Mianda. We know they work. If he did discover something about Connor that the rest of the town doesn't know and that he feels makes him untrustworthy, I feel like it's better for us to know it. Are we going to try and talk to him now while he's still healing? I think that might be best. We can go and visit him. Um, and I have other questions for him, too. Kira, when you ask me about magic, I think that he might be the only one you or I know that could answer, at least with a scholarly, in-depth response uh, to anything about our new powers. Okay. Um, well, I would love to learn more about those, but we can't... We're not going to, like, hurt him, right? It's Val's dad. No. No, I don't believe we have a case for that or any need for that. Whatever Sandville meant, well, we'll do our best to ascertain. But somebody being untrustworthy, for all we know, it just means Connor cheats at cards. We don't know that it means he's a danger to the town or the region. I recommend we approach this with curiosity and perhaps some suspicion, but not with antagonism in mind. Diplomacy over intimidation. Okay, but if he's cheating at cards, someone should know. Well, apparently the only place to play cards in public has recently been converted to a learning space for the youths. I'm very pleased to find out. Yeah, I know, but what about Val? She's playing games and she's losing them all the time and she doesn't know why, and that's not fair. Well, let's just see if that's the case. I mean, he seems like... I don't know that he's cheating at Crazy Eights or anything like that. Or go fishing. <laughs> uh, just um, putting in a note uh, that Kira will uh, hold one Intimidate for uh, card cheating explanation. <laughs> just putting it out there now so we're all ready. That's a ready to action to intimidate. <laughs> to intimidate about <laughs> cards exclusively. I was just like, are you holding one forward? That's the wrong <laughs> Yeah, I, I realize that. Just all the verbs. Um, I'm holding one forward to kick in the door. Uh, and say, hey, are you cheating at cards? <laughs> and then I'll roll appropriately. So to be clear, that's how we're entering the foundry right now. Mm-hmm. And here, the Smith family home later. It's going to be our <laughs> thing. We're kind of working on it as a catchphrase. 
It's a book two situation, Sam, so. Yeah. Kira busts the door down with her lucerne and screams out, are you cheating a cockroach? <laughs> <laughs> it's my new brand. It's a battle cry I'm working on. <laughs> All right, so I think we're headed over to the foundry, the foundry and the foundry, uh, where uh, you can hear easily enough from the outside that somebody at least is hard at work in the um, foundry, foundry workplace type, not the inn, but the uh, and not the house, the smelting either. foundry, the, the one that's like a literal foundry. Um, which I guess is, case F. has been labeled number three. <laughs> I didn't see the I key. forgot I did that the other week. I forgot about the key in the corner. That's really what gets me, <laughs> if no one has seen it in the lower right corner. So. Yeah, for the uh, audience at home, <laughs> while the important conversations with the town council were going on during our previous session... I took the draw tool in roll 20 and labeled all three of the buildings and then put a key down in the bottom right corner where they're all just labeled as foundry. <laughs> Helpful stuff. Thank you. My roll 20 is misbehaving. So I'm going to reload that. You don't really need the map unless you're going to fight Connor. We're kicking in the door. I don't know what is that. Maybe like, a, is that a CMD roll? It's a strength check. For a break, DC. Great. Hang on, hang on. We could we could try opening it. And no, she no. Says, as <laughs> Kira begins, like I imagined her in the sprinter's position, just yeah. you know, ready to charge 20. up and shoulder into the door. So, which one of these is the door? This one up here, right? Yeah, I mean, there's several doors to the place. Well, I thought these might be... Oh, yeah, this is a door, too. Yeah. I was going to say, because that's definitely a window. That's a window. Oh, yeah, that's a... Oh, yeah, there, yeah. there's a hundred doors. I'm blind. And I will go ahead and reiterate, that's a, that's a dirty 20 on the strength check. Yeah, so you kick that door open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Connor is hard at work over the broken repair robot, and um, dogs all over the neighborhood are barking their heads off at the sound of a door being kicked open. And uh, Connor starts violently and um, at the sound and drops the spanner he's holding and goes, Oh, oh my God, you scared the life out of me. Aha, that proves it. You're cheating at cards. <laughs> I'm kind of kidding. Hi. Hi. Uh, I don't think I have been cheating at cards. Okay, you promise? Sure. I'm gonna roll a sense motive on that one. <laughs> Ooh, that's an eight. Uh, with an eight, uh, he might be lying. <laughs> He's definitely confused. Yeah. <laughs> well, aren't we all? <laughs> we've certainly caught him off guard. That part <laughs> succeeded. We have totally taken control of the interrogation by demonstrating our prowess on his doorframe. <laughs> yeah, so for the rest of the interrogation, Carol will stand quietly in the back, but her arms are folded and she's just, hmm. She's <laughs> trying to hold the broken door up with her body. <laughs> she's just like, mm hmm. Yep. <laughs> okay, now you guys go. Uh, howdy, Kona. Um, pardon our um, entrance. We've been 
Well, we've been workshopping the hero thing a bit too much, and we just got in our own oats, you know. Um, you look hard at work. Uh, what have you got there? I'm uh, working on, on reconfiguring the r remains of this uh, repair robot into a sort of... Well, uh, a set of legs for myself. I'm going to build a sort of carrier to sit on and use the three legs of the device to get around now that mine have been... Uh, well, you saw them. Yeah, that's unfortunate that... Um... It didn't get the stunning recovery that it appears your wonderful mind has. Uh, Torch is very lucky to have you back about your wits. Oh, I feel very lucky to be recovered. Um, I, I actually had a question about that, not to be t too to the point, Corner. Uh, Sandville, as you know, we were the last ones to see him alive. But before that, it was you. He visited you, um, and he administered drugs you said he had found. D did he say anything else to you? Did you notice anything about him? We're trying to figure out what led to... Well, and he stops and just sort of looks back down at the robot. Well, he was... He was certainly nervous or upset, and um, uh, he he tried to make a deal with me in exchange for the medication to um, tell him what what it was that you all had found that um, power relay device or where it was, and I don't exactly remember, but I told him that I I knew that information in confidence, and I I couldn't share it with him even in exchange for the, the medication. Now, he wound up treating me anyway. He, he said it was to show he was not a bad guy after all, or something to that effect. Uh, I'm afraid I don't know much more than that. He did say he had a, a letter to write, which I believe would have been his letter to the Technic League. To Garcon. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. He definitely looks nervous uh, about this sort of direction of conversation. Tell me, Connor, uh, just a quick question. This, fixing this robot and knowing about exactly what it was that Sandville did to you, how exactly does someone come across information like that? Oh, which information? Uh, he asked about, like, how he knew how to repair that robot to become his new legs and how he knew what it was that Sandville uh, did to fix him. Uh, I am a, a wizard by trade, but I, I have spent quite a bit of time studying in Numeria. Um, I, I've worked with machines for decades. I, I, I know quite a bit about them, more than most. Um, I actually designed the water filtration system that the entire town relies upon. So, 
Uh, this will be quite a trick to get it working, but I, I don't believe it's beyond me. Um. Mm, okay. Sense motive rolls. Uh, that's a 22. So I think Kira will slide over to probably Asher, since Brixby is talking now, um, with one hand still just holding up the door, because that's polite. <laughs> um, but then whisper as subtly as she's capable of. I don't. I don't think he's telling the truth about um, Gar Gartone. He knows more than he's telling us. Is that true? What was that? Was does uh? Hmm. Did I miss the uh, reveal? Again, uh, yeah. sense motive being opposed. Uh, yeah, the, there wasn't a reveal, but um, I think your assumption pretty much nails it. He's definitely holding something back um, in his explanation of how we would know how to how to do this and sort of talking about cartoon. Cool. I was making sure, because I have no idea Connor's background. If, he, if he, you behind the screen rolled, you know, 29 on your bluff, Kira could be like, man, yeah, seems like he's legit. It's level four. I mean, I don't believe anything at, at first sight. <laughs> uh, Asher will uh, will nod knowingly to Kira and then look to uh, Connor and say, Oh, come now. Certainly there's, there's something more to this tale. Your exploits must be too numerous to recount all at once, but is there a history with these robots or perhaps some some information you've gleaned from your dealings with the League that you might have found useful. And I'll roll a diplomacy. Ooh, a natural six. <laughs> Which is five more than my previous roll. Uh, so it's all uphill from here. It's a 16 total on diplomacy. And I will see you next time. <laughs> um... And he thinks for a second, and he says, uh, for the most part, I've managed to avoid dealing with the Technic League uh, in my time here in Torch. Uh, thankfully, it's, they're not a, not the types you, you would want to work with if, if you had any choice to the contrary. Yes, I've gathered that much. Bricks is going to take a slightly different approach, seeing that Asher and Kira were talking to each other and then started talking to Connor. Um, and I would like to roll uh, knowledge engineering or craft mechanical, um, either one, because I have both uh, to aid his task while we're talking to him. Okay. Uh, which one would you prefer, craft mechanical or... Um, I would say knowledge engineering. Oh, I like that more. All right. That's Yay. a 22. Rolling an 11 plus my 11. You know, many hands make light work. Um, maybe I can help you with this and that can free up your mind for details. Um, the, we've kind of been latching on to the little bit of information we've been given. But, uh, Garton... Uh, P 
appears to be a name you recognize in your dealings with the Technic League. Uh, can you tell us anything about him? I mean, he, he looks um, surprised when Brixby sort of leaps in and starts working at things, and it, it sort of looks like he might go to brush your hands away until it. Uh, he can even he can see that Brixby, you know, knows what he's doing. He knows his way around the robot, so he relents on that before he ever really interferes. Um, and he says, uh, I mean, uh, Garton is... He's one of the commanders of the Technic League. Uh, you know, perhaps in the highest echelon of command. He's a man with a, a terrible reputation of, for cruelty and he sighs and he looks down and he says uh, I suppose you all have earned the truth you have done you saved my life and you, you saved my town uh, the truth is uh, my name is not Connor Bain <laughs> at least it wasn't my name uh, at birth was Paldris Gray. And I, I grew up in Starfall. And I, I used to work for the Technic League. I was a, a low-ranking assistant to Gartone years and years ago. And though I will say that I, I came into the job knowing at least thinking I knew what the Technic League was. The deeper I got and the, the longer I worked with them, the more I saw the atrocities that they were visiting upon people and the more I, I had to get away. He had Garton, that is, he had a... some prisoners, uh, children, abducted Kellids, and he had some plan to convert them into al some kind of alchemical homunculus. I, I never even really understood the science behind it, but he, it was too abhorrent to stand by, and I, I killed him. Well, I, th I thought I killed him. I, I blew up his laboratory faked my own death, and I, I fled with the only child I could rescue, um, Val. And I thought he was dead. But, um, I learned months later, when I was hiding in Chessed, that he was still alive, and he, he had placed a bounty on Pauldris Gray's head. So I became Connor Bane, and I, I've been Connor Bane for quite some time and you should remain to be as Brixby continues to work uh, he tries his best to not show anything negative if, if anything just acceptance and understanding on his face uh, I personally know how hard it is to scrabble and, and steal and borrow and beg for magic and technology in Numeria a man doesn't amass the gems you hold inside your head without coming up against the Technic League. More so, 
A man is defined by the choices that he makes, not the ones that he's made. I, uh... Torture's a good place because you're here, I guess is what I'm saying. And he just focuses back on the work. Would he know your face? Garchown? It's been years, and I had a beard when I worked for him, but, uh... I don't doubt he would recognize me. I'm sure he hates the man who, uh, from what I've heard, took his face from him. Okay, so then you can't stay here, right? If if he's coming here, even if he's maybe coming here, you and Val have to leave. You maybe you can come with us, and 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 we'll find somewhere safer for you to be, because otherwise, it could get bad. Oh. If he does come to Torch, uh, uh, Val and I, I believe, we will hide ourselves. I, I, I don't want to run again. I don't want to start over. That was a, that was a hard life, uh, especially on the child. And uh, I think we can make do here. And uh, Dolga, she knows who I am, and uh, Joram does as well. They're the only ones in town. Oh, Sandville, actually. He knew. I have no idea how he found out, but he he threatened to reveal my secret. So I I would like to believe that he didn't tell Gartone, and I, he led me to believe that he hadn't. So I, I'm hoping that they don't come, at least for now. But you know, he knew somehow. So someone must know something somewhere. No matter how hard you try to bury your secrets, there's there's always something. Does Val know? Oh, Val remembers quite clearly. I would certainly not recommend burying secrets, but with rains and things of that nature, shifting things in the earth. You, I mean, why we discovered this ship that was buried beneath torch. If anything, secrets should probably be burned have to exist in the first place. Um, Asher, I think that that was, um, metaphorical, and he didn't actually mean, like, putting secrets in the ground. Hmm. I see. Well, that's still a good, you know, bit of advice, I suppose. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and looking, uh, much more serious, uh, he, and his, his smile is, is gone. He, he looks really intently at Connor and asks, What of the other children's fate? Do you, have you heard what became of them? What, did they escape in the lab explosion? What Are they still being held by the League? I have no idea. Um, I don't think Garton was the only one who would do experiments on live victims. Um, and I, I, I never saw any of the children except Val. She she doesn't speak about that time much. But, um... His lab was in Starfall? Ah, yes, yes. Um, I know Gartone, at least, was, was laid up after the, the fire. So he couldn't have experimented on them Immediately, anyways. 
And how long ago this was this? Oh, this was years ago. Oh. Sam doesn't remember how many years. <laughs> ah. Several. What did that impose? <laughs> <laughs> this was five years ago. Ah, <laughs> uh, this was make it six super years obvious ago. that it was edited. <laughs> mm. This was Atlanta Falcons years ago. Nick's <laughs> <laughs> gonna give it to you. Uh, and and he'll. He looks almost anxious. Asher does to when he when he hears this. Like he's his before the league has just been this, you know, sort of nebulously unscrupulous organization that nobody wants to mess with. And now, like experimenting on kids is like next level evil. So he is he is disturbed. And Vargas is just very quiet through this whole thing. He's just kind of standing there behind Brixie with his arms crossed, not saying anything one way or the other. If they come here, can you can you tell us? Izzy is not aware of what kind of mail system Jumeria has, <laughs> so I don't know if that's actually possible, but it seems like it'd be super convenient. <clears throat> I just think that if you think you're going to be in trouble, you should have a plan. And maybe we can help. Or or my family. You can stay with my family and they'll make sure nothing happens to you. Oh, thank you for for that. Um, depending on, on where you all are, um, I will try to get word to you in the event that the League comes. Thanks. <laughs> There's honestly a bit of solace in this, I think, Kira, because the Technic League is in an unknown now. Connor's at least loosely familiar with the depths that they'll go, the, the means they have. Um, torches and entirely underprepared. And you are a powerful spellcaster, and uh, as he gestures down at the robot, a knowledgeable man. Mm, he nods um, solemnly and says, uh, I uh, don't believe I, my skills compare much to anyone of any real rank in the league but yes we we do know a bit about them and uh so far they haven't taken too much interest in torch as long as they get their money every month so we know out of game before i ask this uh pretty much everything useful has been depleted in in scrap wall like hundreds of years ago right or like a hundred years ago or something like pretty much everyone that's alive in new Maria at this point just knows that it is a garbage zone with pretty much all the stuff that's been stripped out of it that could be for as long as most of us have been alive you know there's always adventurers who like go there thinking like i'm gonna be the one who finds like the real buried treasure there sure. but as far as anyone really knows it's a giant pile of garbage um, slash like a kind of lawless city. Yeah, I was just kind of reiterating the like, so the Technic League wouldn't probably take much interest in stuff going up there. He wouldn't have any useful information relating to that then because they probably don't care about the garbage. They have 
plenty of other places that definitively have technology to focus there. Cool. Yeah, it's been so heavily looted for so long that the, I can't imagine the league would care about it. Totally. I mean, it's the closest thing to scrap wall. I imagine Brix's people of all folks know. I'm sorry, uh, to Chitterhome. Chitterhome is the closest mm-hmm. thing to scrap wall. Um, so I, yeah, they're like 10 feet from each other <laughs> when you look at it on a map. <laughs> yeah, I imagine Brix's family would know. I was just trying to think about if, you know, since we kind of have them in this this very vulnerable but but friendly position friendly vulnerability um is there any other information we could get from him that we could use on the long trek up the star uh to starfall the uh, scrap wall god darn it starfall let's just do it take on the boss right now <laughs> hell yes <laughs> what's interesting to me was that so so yeah we assume all of the the treasure has been removed but Hellion had this artifact, the power relay, with like among his treasures, is what Mayanda had said, uh, and that makes me think. I wonder what else we'll find down there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, by reputation, the place has been stripped bare. But at the same point time, there is so much there, just in volume that you know who's to say absolutely yeah no i i assume we're gonna find cool stuff there i was just wondering no, there's if... nothing there's nothing good in this <laughs> book, book two nothing i mean i was looking at the loot and it's like pile of garbage rotting vegetables <laughs> just a drawing on a napkin that's so well, many white key cards. <laughs> a well of there, white key And they're cards. just on every corner. Well, my, these white key I'm cards wondering. as tiles for their roof. And my backup <laughs> character is an Otiuk, so that sounds like great <laughs> to me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Nothing but trash. I'm wondering now if there's something there, and this is coming from a quick peek behind the curtain. We recorded this the same day as part of our machine learning for July. And there's something mentioned in that, uh, specifically it was mentioned about uh, the, what you call it, the, is it the star stone? What's the thing that you can touch it turns into yeah, a god? Star stone. Is that the star stone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's something in Scrapwall, like we've been trying to figure out what Hellion is. I wonder if it's just like a dude that found something in one of these crash ships that like gave him godhood. <laughs> yeah, he found the gear stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was an android and now he is a god I mean I am so focused on this core divinity directive thing that we heard as well and the their last foray under the mountain and that is like mm-hmm. what is the divinity directive uh, but I agree with you I mean becoming a god is so wacky that it could really mm-hmm. I mean it could be Norgaber just in a larger trench coat, as opposed to being three halflings in a yeah. classic. Four halflings in a trench coat this time. He's a large-sized creature. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh, write that down. Hellion's large size. Yeah, I didn't have much more. I mean, he really just, he, he spilled the technological beans. So. Yeah. I, uh... It's pretty good. Do you want to, like, take a gander at his spell book or something? Ooh, that might be fun. Yeah, what do you let us? See if there's anything cool to copy over. No wizard to wizard. Yeah, I, I should ask that as Brixby, huh? Um, so, uh, 
Well, um, we also had another, uh, less intense line of questioning. The past couple days have been transformative for everyone. Um, no more so people in this town, possibly, than the people inside this room, eh? Um, but for myself and Kira in particular, we've come into some arcane powers um, that we didn't start with. Vargas's have just grown in strength. I know he and I could benefit from the written work of another wizard. Um, just wondering if we could take a glance at your spellbook. Nods and says, I, I unfortunately lost the original um, in that foray under the mountain. But um, well, one of my backups is, is over there on the shelf. And he'll point to a shelf over on the side of the room. And I will paste the contents of that spellbook in the loot channel. <laughs> I'm just imagining Kira thinking for a second and kind of putting two and two together. It's like, wait, didn't we find the spellbook? And the oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we didn't, though, I thought. I thought... We I don't think we did. That was one of the. No, yeah. we did find like his wand and his bunch of other. Mm, what's that? His? That's a. conclusions. Anyway, it's hard to say. Um, but yeah, that, now that makes me think, we've got to go back. We've got to go back <laughs> and find the spellbook. Ten more and episodes. Monster. Let's do it. <laughs> Ten more apps. Book one forever. Ooh, acid arrow. Yes. Ooh, I, I already got a scroll of that bad boy, too, so you can copy that off me later if you yeah. had another one in mind. Alright, I'll uh, take a mental note of this and maybe correspond with him about coming back later to actually do the, the hour to copy this stuff down. On, so I just, I imagine there's no way we could also actively participate while also being like, mm-hmm, yes, sigil, <laughs> yes, mm-hmm, and not like just blowing my book up or something. But since Brixby's opened the door, I think Kira will have that same sort of question. I don't think I know how to read spells from books. But Brix is right. I can do uh, stuff different from before. Before we went out of the mountain, I was just a regular person. And now I can turn purple sometimes. And um, also sometimes I get really blurry. And that's helpful. But kind of freaky. I don't really know what to do about this. And Brick said you would know. Uh, he. Sorry smi- for breaking your door. He smiles and uh, looking over at you and says, uh, that's, that's quite all right. It happens more often than you'd think. Uh, but uh, what you're describing, it, it sounds like perhaps you have uh, sorcerer's blood in you. Now, uh, generally speaking, it would be uh, some, some distant ancestor with, uh, who's a member of, of some race or uh, species in some cases that has a, a more uh, natural link to magics. And, but, uh, I'd never taken you for the spellcasting type, so it's interesting that you would have natural magic. So it comes from someone in my family? Uh, yeah, it comes from your actual blood, so in theory, yes. Okay, well, I don't know anyone in my family, so that's um, confusing. I'm afraid I, I can't uh, point you in any specific direction for that. Yeah, that's okay. 
Maybe, well, I guess I have something new to ask my mom. Um, thanks. Um, uh, before you all go, I, I just uh, wanted to let you know that um, the Gear Father uh, wanted to speak to you before you left town. Uh, I suppose that <laughs> that's it. He just asked me to, to tell you if, he, if I saw you. Well, thank you. You've given us a lot to think about, and you've been most helpful. Uh, your secret is safe with us. We won't put you or Val in any danger. We'll do what we can, in fact, to prevent any such from coming your way. I appreciate your discretion. Um, I, uh, I can come back later after our dinner engagement and, um, help you a bit more with this, if you don't mind. And I take another peek at your book. Sure. Uh, by all means. I mean, I can't promise I'll be working into the midnight hours, but, uh, I suspect you know how to get in here, should you need to. Ah, oh, yeah, don't you worry. You just <laughs> fall asleep. I'll, uh, just have them on you. Chip shape in the morning. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it seems pretty likely you know how to break into my home. <laughs> You've so, yeah, done just it to every fix day. on my robot centaur legs. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I did say the secret ingredient was crime and another. It was canon. <laughs> so. Uh. Vargas is going to be the last one out the door as we're going out. No, you're going to kill him. He's <laughs> not going to kill him. He's going to kill him. I'm just going to hear, gonna for kill the him. Lord in iron. And then the <laughs> foundry smoke just goes black. <laughs> He's not no, going to kill not him. again. <laughs> Everyone shrugs and faces the camera. Vargas. <laughs> <laughs> I should have seen the bloodlust in his eyes. Uh, but yeah, so he, as soon as Kira goes out the door, he's going to close it and lock it and walk back over to Connor. It falls off the hinges. And <laughs> <laughs> he, <laughs> he <doesn't, laughs> I'm killing Connor. <laughs> uh, and he says to him, when you were with the League, did you ever see a captain, maybe more than a captain at the time you were there, a woman my age, maybe slightly older, heavy ritual scarring on her face? He thinks for a second and shakes his head. Says, I don't believe so if... I don't think she was in Garton's employ. I, I never really interacted with many of the other captains. The girl, Val. Do you know her clan? Uh, I don't believe she knows. I want you to know what you did for her. It's a good thing. When you first mentioned that you had been with the League, it took all I had not to kill you right there in front of the rest of them. But saving this girl, trying to save the others. And he puts his hand, his real hand on his shoulder. Thank you, Connor. And then he's going to go back and unlock the door and go out to the rest of the group. Picks it back off the ground, opens it, shuts it, <laughs> falls back down. <laughs> What a touching Jake. moment. Wow, tender Vargas. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> 
just ruined it. <laughs> oh, what a touching moment. Vargas didn't kill him. Exactly. <laughs> he didn't Aww. kill him. It, they practically didn't kill hugged. Anyone. That was yeah, basically a hug. <laughs> Not killing you. See it. So he unlocks the door and steps out like nothing happened. Like, oh yeah, I'm here. We're oh. long gone. Yeah, or they all left. I was gonna say, oh, I don't even know if anybody noticed that he closed the door. <laughs> just cut to, hey, did we forget someone? We're on a plane to New York. Cuts to you guys sitting down for dinner at the Smith house. No, yeah, yeah we were just getting the dead friend blanket, but uh, uh, we're back and we're like holding it up and looking around, and we're like, oh, never mind. Connor's <laughs> like, why'd you have that? Oh, no reason. Nothing. It was cold. <laughs> it's cold. I. No. Would vote that. Sorry, we um, see Radley first. That seems like a solid fifteen-minute interaction. Radley or kite? Yeah. Kite. Yeah. I don't names. Yeah. Names bad. I mean, we can hang out with Radley too if you want to get that in. I do love Sam doing that voice. It is. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be sad when we don't have clerics to abuse. <laughs> oh, maybe we'll find one in Scramble. Uh, while, while we saunter over to uh, the Temple of Bry, Asher would just ask Kira, so is there anything we should pick up and bring to dinner with your family? I, I'll admit I don't frequently have these sorts of social gatherings, but uh, I would hate to offend anyone. Um... We don't really have these sorts of social gatherings either. Usually it's just my sisters go places and then they come back and they bring, well, probably not anything that we can bring. Uh, maybe like um, a, ch- a chicken, but alive. Uh, a live chicken. <laughs> and then we'll leave that invitation open and it can be a pet or a meal. <laughs> and he nods. Very well. I'm sure we can procure something like this in town. Your customs are strange to me, but I look forward to the experience. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. We will either eat or not eat the chicken and, I guess, play some board games. But not card games, because some people cheat at those. <laughs> Cuts back to so Connor. Not playing stacking a deck. <laughs> yeah. playing sorry you can just clearly see him through the window of the founders <laughs> or walking away, like slipping extra aces in. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sewing them into his sleeves. I was going to just buy a cheap red, but I'm so into this Schrodinger's like, gift idea. Of <laughs> In this box, there is either a rotisserie chicken or a regular chicken. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I've been looking forward to the dinner scene. Can we, can we please... <laughs> So are we going dinner scene or are we going to um, Oh wait, oh, Durham? yeah. Man, I just wanted to skip over Kite because I just want to like hear you do both of Kira's parents' voices so bad. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, no, sorry. My, uh, my bad <laughs> to Kite. I mean, Kite can be found um, as usual at the um, church of What's-Her-Face, Bry. Um, the doors are always open this time of day. So he's just in the back puttering away in his, you know, ridiculous tool belt with all his, in his priestly smock. He'll stop what he's doing when he sees you coming and go, 
say, ah, the very capable four. It's good to see you again. Hi. Yes, likewise, well met. <laughs> we uh, we heard from our friend Connor, and he'll wink, that he wanted to see us because he knows he's in on it. He blinks several times, but goes, uh, yes, yes, uh, um, if you were, uh, um, going to Scrapwall, uh, as we discussed the other day, um, there's actually an old friend of mine, uh, a, a woman, uh, named Dinvaya, who, uh, years ago, she, uh, fled there to, uh, escape, uh, persecution from the, technically, this was, this was a long, long time ago, before you were born, but, uh, I believe she's, she's still there, and uh, she's still alive, and, um, I haven't been able to get in contact with her through any means, so, uh, if you're able to, uh, find her when you go to Scrapwall, uh, just, uh, let her know that it's been long enough, and, uh, she's, she's free to emerge from, uh, hiding and uh there's a place for her in torch if she wishes to re return to society uh we'd be happy to have her ah uh be certainly pleased to attempt to locate her could you describe her to us perhaps anything more than her gender by which she identifies herself uh well she's a uh cleric of bry like myself she's a half elf so uh she likely still looks much much younger than i do but uh she's been around for uh for a good long time just the same uh she's uh and <laughs> he'll give you a description of her that i'm not going to try to do because i can't <laughs> do descriptions off the top of my head like that it's not going to be uncomfortable like brown eyes you can fall into <laughs> It's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It's a very it's descriptive description. Half elven earlobes you could just nibble on. <laughs> I mean, oh, no. she's... anyway, I wrote her this sonnet. Please be sure. <laughs> They've accumulated over the decades, so there's actually a binder of them. If yes. <laughs> Tell her old joy bears waiting for her in torch. <laughs> no thanks. And he'll um, point over to uh, that long, weird, uh, wrenchy thing that you see him with all the time and say, uh, if, if you're able to uh, get in contact with her and, uh, and bring word back that uh, she's all right at the very least, uh, I'll give you my, my uh, metamagic rod here. Uh, as a reward. Is that the one that he's been using to empower the uh, water breathing spell? Yeah, that's a so it's lesser ex rod. Is it extending of, then? It's a lesser rod of extend metamagic, which is nice. an expensive item, and it's totally unreasonable yeah. for him to give you that just for looking up his old girlfriend. But, uh, you know... And since this is one of those podcasts where people learn about things, Jeff is going to go ahead and explain why everyone looked excited when you said Meta Magic Rod. Myself included, I was also excited because I already know why that is. Sure. This is expensive. Great. And, I know yeah, what expensive means. Yeah, so Meta Magic Rods let you 
basically act as though you have a metamagic feat uh, for a limited number of uses per day, and those modify spells typically by consuming things like a higher level spell slot. Uh, but in this case, extend water breathing might normally last a few hours based on his level, but the extend lets it last much, much longer. So for positive effects like shield or things like that. Haste. Yeah. Haste, yeah. They're, they're awesome for buffs, especially. Cool. I, I, I know, yeah. No, <laughs> obviously. I, I mean, obviously I wasn't, talk, I wasn't talking to you. I, know I think it was, no, it was, yeah, it was the, uh, guests and listeners. Yeah, me- mechanically speaking, um, three times a day, a lesser uh, rod of extend meta magic will let you uh, will double the duration of any spell uh, level zero through three um, that has a set duration. So not- nothing permanent, but like haste will last double as many rounds if you cast it, or shield the same thing. Mage armor, if you want to do it, will be double as many hours. So it's a useful item. Yes, it's a very generous offer. We will certainly do what we can to find your half-elven friend who you described previously, mere moments ago. How do you know she'll be safe here? I believe that when she hid, it was before most of the members of the Technic League today were even born. It's been a a long, long time, and, and I've put out feelers several times just to see if there still remains a bounty on her head and it it appears they've lost interest in her long ago (laughs) meanwhile bricks grows increasingly uncomfortable (laughs) with this line of conversation no i I definitely didn't put out feelers and get her killed because people are still looking for her cool 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 you you shut your mouth (laughs) <laughs> Yo, that was Jeff. You could tell because our my voice and Ash's voice are like substantially different. Yeah, but he could hear you because he's a cleric. He's a cleric. Uh, the whisper in bronze is tricky. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, cool. So, um, look up an old acquaintance. Uh, acquire a powerful rod. Um, there wasn't anything else you wanted to give us uh, before we leave. Uh, I'm afraid I don't think I have very much else of value at the moment. Uh, you have, of course, my eternal gratitude for saving the town. I'm sure that fits in the bag <laughs> of holding. Let me just look and see if there's room. Ah, yep. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I just got so saucy with him. Man. He did just give us so many spell slots. Wow. But... He just you know. sits down and he <laughs> cries. He throws the metamatic rod on the ground and then he kicks it. <laughs> Bot balls up his poem. Come back to kite. It will be all right. <laughs> Garbage. You can give us water breathing just for old time's One sake. Last time. It wouldn't be the same. <laughs> If you want to blow other spell slots on us, you want to channel a little bit, I could... I guess I'm technically down one hit point. You could punch Brixby in the face right now. (laughs) That always cheers him up. (laughs) Uh, 21 to hit. 
<laughs> Brixby just goes down. <laughs> oh God! All right, have we eleven points of damage? Oh man! Oh so God! He's dead. I'm glad we're not playing with massive damage him. rules. <laughs> All right. Well, Brixby spits out its teeth and gets ready to head on to the Smith residence. <laughs> Or hopefully the last time he will be punched, but he's really not sure, given on where he's going. Uh, yeah, it could go either way. What's the uh, what's the cost these days on a live chicken and a little cage, <laughs> as far as like silver, gold, copper? Gotta look it up. I actually know the answer to this for five E, but I don't know it for Pathfinder. I'm sure they're cheap, but I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, I especially since we've lost that twenty uh, percent off. So, yeah. right, and it's hard because I want to find one that looks like both a cute pet and possibly a filling <laughs> a meal. Delicious meal. <laughs> so it's like maybe what might be like a cute, like a chunky chicken. A chicken is awesome. one GP. Okay, yeah. So, not, so it's the same as not five Doable. We could do that. Does it? Uh, maybe they'll throw in a small little carrying case because we're a hero. <laughs> Sure. Probably not. Twelve you, platinum for the carrying case. You can get the cage for free, but it's broken. And the chicken escapes. We could put it in the bag of holding, and every nine and a half minutes, pull it out, let it breathe. <laughs> Here you go, chicken. How long has it been? Is it still alive? Oh God! Oh God! No. Sorry, that was definitely me, not Asher. Asher will not abide uh, my violence or unfairness, but you know, ooh, he'll have words with me later. Yeah. Um, chicken though yeah so yeah i'll take a gp out of my uh my cut and uh as kira suggested bring a live chicken to the smith residence oh man i feel like y'all are just trying to set me up at this point oh yeah uh, <laughs> so what is the chicken's name and voice as well as the person we bought the chicken from and the name of the shop thank you sam hello i'm here to buy a chicken then get your name, sir or madam. Well, this is Charlie the Lizard, folks. Chicken Emporium. You can have one chicken for one gold. That's quite a deal, my good friend, Charlie the Lizard, folk. Uh, it's weird. I'm actually a halfling. I, I don't know why my last name is the Lizard, folk. Are you adopted? Uh, by yes, by other halflings, but my parents had a different last name. They, they were just jerks. And he looks sad. Oh, dear. I should probably change it, but it's on the sign already. I noticed that outside. I, I wasn't sure if you were the Charlie uh, named there on the sign, but uh, yes, yes, uh, I'd be happy to buy it chicken off you for the going rate of one gold piece now you truly are uh, living up to your motto of more cluck for your buck at this emporium <laughs> I must say these chicken prices I don't remember seeing that logo did you just come up with that just now <laughs> that is uh, some great future merch I'd <laughs> be one of those, yeah, like a deep cut sort of thing where you walk in with a mug and people are like, oh, what's Charlie's 
lizard per- the lizard person's <laughs> chicken emporium. Like, oh, it's this great restaurant out in Seattle. It's actually all vegan. You wouldn't even guess it, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's ran by a halfling, oddly enough. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm sure Sam is actually scribbling right now in his notes that they have locations scattered across Numeria. <laughs> oh, they're everywhere. It's a franchise. It's the torch, the lizard folks. Not but this be- is the like this is the this is the flagship store. Yeah, it's oh, like yeah. we walked into uh, Colonel Sanders is working behind the counter. <laughs> <laughs> the original Ray's Pizza, awesome. Yeah, uh, Asher buys a chicken from Charlie the Lizard folks Chicken Emporium. <laughs> All right, y'all come back now. You here? <laughs> I'm certain we will. Just remember, don't, don't we don't sell anything but chickens. <laughs> well, I hear they make good pets and also uh, socially acceptable gifts to bring when attending a gathering. Oh, yes. It's all the rage with the youths. Mm-hmm. Perhaps we'll bring a chicken to the library grand opening. <laughs> Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> Kids would love that. Perhaps I'll sponsor the library grand opening. Maybe they'll name <laughs> it after me. Charlie and the Charlie. Lizard Folks Chicken Emporium Silver Disc Hall Library of Torch. <laughs> can see it now. Uh, what a philanthropist. <laughs> Quite the marquee. Uh, Kira's going to run back in for a stamp card, and then they're definitely going to dinner. <laughs> oh, yes. You can't forget the frequent shopper card. And this works at all the franchise locations, right? Well, I can't make any guarantees about the World Wound location. They've been up to squirrely business up there. (laughs) Okay, thank you. (laughs) It's been an honor to meet you. Uh, You too. He tips his hat and uh, departs with the chicken. Charlie tips his hat as well. That's right, he's wearing a hat. The mystery grows. <laughs> and as the very capable four cross the streets of Torch, bearing a chicken in a cage that has the Charlie the Lizard Volks uh, seal emblazoned upon the cage, I'm going to bed. <laughs> Good night, Sam. Good <laughs> night, night, Sam. Sam. <laughs> Good night, Sam. Good night. Good night. Property of its creators, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are properties of Paizo Publishing. Please visit them at paizo.com for more information. Theme Against the Machine, written and performed by our own Zach. Please consult the show notes for additional music and sound effect licensing information. Reminding? This would be such a conceptual podcast. <laughs> 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 all right so we're all ready
Affirmative. One, two, three, clap. This time I knew what number it was going to be. Ooh. <laughs> That's a book two GM right there. Yeah. <laughs> One book in, we're learning. And no numbers all the way up to three. It's better than King Arthur. <laughs> oh.